QuackCast 68, The Tao of Accutane. Aren't I clever? At home, the kids' current TV show of choice is How I Met Your Mother. It has supplanted Scrubs as the veg-out show in the evening. Kind of weird to see Willow married. Both shows, Scrubs and How I Met Your Mother, always seem to be on cable channel somewhere, like Independence Day. Independence Day always seems to be playing on one channel or another. And it is often broadcast late at night. Late night commercials are curious. And as I do work in the living room on various and sundry projects, I watch the shows and the commercials out of the corner of my eye. Law firms trolling for business seems to be common. If you or a family member has had a serious stroke, heart attack, or death from Avandia, call now. Non-serious deaths? Eh, I suppose do not bother. One ad, however, in particular caught my eye. Anyone who has developed ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, in medicine these are collectively referred to as inflammatory bowel disease or IBD, after using Accutane, call now. Millions have been awarded. Now, my eye may have been caught because of my new progressive lenses. Damn, I'm getting old. But I will admit to an interest in inflammatory bowel disease, having had ulcerative colitis for years until I took the steel cure. So when you say I'm full of crap, I know it's less than you. It also piqued my interest because these were three conditions among which I offhand could not see any connections. Accutane, ulcerative colitis, and Crohn's. As Cookie Monster would say, one of these is not like the other. Accutane, its generic name is isotrentoin. I bet you I messed that up. I-S-O-T-R-E-T-I-N-O-I-N. Isotrentinoin. Accutane is an anti-acne medication released long after I experienced my puberty. The drug is chemically related to retinoic acid, a natural vitamin A derivative, and works in part by decreasing the production of sebum. Sebum is not an issue with inflammatory bowel disease. Also, colitis and Crohn's have the same clinical presentation. Lots of bloody diarrhea and cramps. Lots. Any resemblance stops there. Pathologically, they are very different diseases. Crohn's is noted to affect the entire gastrointestinal tract from the mouth to the rectum, and its hallmark is non-caseating granulomas on pathology. While considered an autoimmune disease, I have, for uncertain reasons, been drawn to the data that suggests that the disease may be due to atypical mycobacteria. And, as a rule, wherever there are granulomas, some infectious disease is not far behind. Ulcerative colitis is limited to just the colon. Unlike Crohn's, it has a high risk of leading to colonic cancer, and its etiology is even more uncertain. Perhaps it, too, is an autoimmune disease. The two illnesses have different rates of extra-intestinal manifestations as well. Besides the bloody diarrhea and the abdominal cramps, the two diseases have little in common, except they can wax and wane for no damn good reason. And when active, they are a compelling reason to know where every public toilet in the city is. The Wikipedia pages 
for both diseases have nice compare and contrast tables, like going back to college. Compare and contrast also of colitis and Crohn's disease. And it is obvious that the illnesses have little in common. Also, colitis and Crohn's are about as different as pulmonary tuberculosis and bronchiolitis obliterans with organizing pneumonia. So it would be most curious if an anti-acne medication could cause either one, much less both. Now, ulcerative colitis occurs in about eh, 35 to 100 people for every 100,000 in the United States, and Crohn's at a rate of 6 to 7 per 100,000. And there have been over 13 million prescriptions given for Accutane, more if you add other brands of the medication. So there is bound to be, by coincidence, some people who will get inflammatory bowel disease around the time they get their Accutane. Like Guillaume Barret, love my French accent, and the flu vaccine, the question is whether or not the risk is increased. As one review pointed out, quote, assuming a background incidence of inflammatory bowel disease in the United States for approximately 45,000 cases per year, lucky me, the number of persons taking isotrentinoin is approximately 400,000 per year, and the total population in the United States is approximately 306 million. The expected number of cases of IBD among isotretinoin users, ah, I'm never going to pronounce that word right, would be 59 cases per year if there were no association between the medication and IBD, or 0.1% of Accutane users. If more than 59 cases per year were observed in Accutane users, this would suggest a positive relationship. However, FDA MedWatch reports include an average of only 14 cases per year. Hmm, not a very strong epidemiologic link there. There are a smattering of case reports on the PubMeds of people developing inflammatory bowel disease around the time they started their Accutane. A few cases of IBD have waxed on the medication and waned when the medication was stopped. It always wanes on the unloved. Now that's interesting, but given the variability of inflammatory bowel disease, causality has to be suspect. Is there a basic mechanism where Accutane could lead to inflammatory bowel disease? Well, yeah, there are studies that suggest that retinoic acid will affect intestinal epithelial growth, and it's important in repair and apoptosis, and that retinoids are important for neutrophil chemotaxis, a mechanism in Crohn's disease. But there's also basic science to suggest that retinoic acids have the potential to be protective for inflammatory bowel disease, increasing the expression of tight junction proteins in the colon, and perhaps would cause an inflammatory response that would be beneficial for inflammatory bowel disease. So maybe there's a supporting mechanism. Maybe there isn't. The putative mechanisms can go either way, although since there is perhaps less inflammatory bowel disease than expected in patients on Accutane, the sparse data does suggest a protective effect. Whether any of the basic science is clinically applicable is unknown and doesn't really explain why it would be associated with such two widely divergent illnesses. Still, there may be as of yet unknown mechanisms 
and hints to causality could be found in the epidemiology. Now, there is really a paucity of data, with a grand total of about 49 references on the PubMeds. One study found a relationship between ulcerative colitis, but not Crohn's, which, given the etiology and pathology, perhaps makes more sense. In their study, they found, quote, ulcerative colitis, but not Crohn's disease, is associated with previous Accutane exposure. Higher dose of Accutane seems to augment this risk. Although the absolute risk of developing ulcerative colitis after taking Accutane is quite small, clinicians prescribing as well as prospective patients should be aware of this possible association. So, one study may be in favor, but another study found no relationship. Their conclusion, patients with inflammatory bowel disease were no more likely to have used Accutane before diagnosis than were sex, age, and geography match controls. Although there may be anecdotes of Accutane causing acute colitis, our data suggests that Accutane is not likely to cause chronic inflammatory bowel disease. So, one for, one against. Crockett reviewed all the data, such as it is, and applied the Bradford Hill criteria, which I've discussed in the past. The conclusions were underwhelming for causality. Quote, In conclusion, the only evidence to support a causal relationship between Accutane and inflammatory bowel disease consists of isolated case reports. These reports suggest a possible temporal association between Accutane and the development of IBD, although such observations hmm, may have resulted from chance, confounding, bias, and misrepresentation of the natural history of IBD. A causal relationship remains biologically plausible, but beneficial effects of vitamin A derivatives on intestinal injury have been reported as well. None, none, of the more commonly accepted causal criteria are met. The lack of evidence does not necessarily indicate a lack of causal connection. End of quote. Now, this doesn't seem to be the kind of data that warrants millions of dollars to plaintiffs. So, to double-check, I asked some drug company shills, I'm sorry, I mean gastroenterologists, what they thought of the relationship. They, too, were unimpressed. Now, you may not remember, but Dow Corning has been in bankruptcy protection for years, stemming from a multi-billion dollar lawsuit in the 1980s and 90s over the assertion that silicon breast implants lead to breast cancer and autoimmune diseases. Subsequently, after billions were spent and the company went bankrupt, it was determined that silicone breast implants are not associated with either cancer or autoimmune disease. Oh, well that's different. Yes. Never mind. Does Accutane lead to inflammatory bowel disease? Maybe, maybe not. If facts to prove or disprove this association leaned against, the odds are five to one against and rising. Therefore, anything you can't cope with is therefore your own problem. It is hard to prove a negative, and money is being spent and lawsuits awarded independent of what appears to be a reasonable set of confirming facts. Hopefully, this will not be like the Dow cases, where a torch system 
that allowed a few lawyers to exhort billions of dollars using a dollop of junk science, end quote. Although, as is often the case with corporations, Dow Corning apparently did not act as a model of integrity. But no one acts their best when there is billions to be made. As one reference on the topic noted, quote, In most policy matters, scientific evidence is only one among a complex assortment of factors that interact to produce particular decisions. A careful reading of events, stakeholders, and outcomes in the silicone breast implant controversy reveals, reveals that social, economic, legal, political, and scientific factors involve the practice of federal regulation, the relationship between science and courts, the lack of consistently enforced professional standards in law, medicine, and journalism. A major lesson from this case also involves the role of the plaintiffs. The Houston lawyers' relentless pressure with inconclusive medical facts on Dow Corning, along with their courtroom successes, demonstrates that, quote, facts, unquote, alone are insufficient factors in determining truth. He could have been writing about scams in general. The facts, in quotes, are insufficient factors in determining truth. And as far as Accutane and inflammatory bowel disease is concerned, best I can tell, as one of the commenters mentioned at Science-Based Medicine, that dog doesn't bark. And so ends another fascinating quack cast. See you next time. Bye.